0: Capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 106.1 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327 Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 106.1 ESPN.
1: All right, I got to ask you, Sean. I, I mean, I was brought up to be polite. You were brought up to be polite. Yep. What's what's taking your glasses off have to do with anything here, Jay Norville? I, I I was taught when you talk to adults, <laughs> take off your hat and take off your glasses.
2: Why are we taking that, off the glasses? I guess inside, like why you wearing your glasses? I need my glasses to see. What are you kidding me? I guess me? the sunglasses. Oh, is that what he meant? Yeah. Sunglasses. Yeah. Dion wore like in the. Oh, in because
1: the, Dion's wearing the, sun gl- he's wearing ah. the sunglasses. On. Yeah. That makes a little bit more sense. Yeah,
2: like he I wears guess. those during the press conferences indoors, and he's oh,
1: like, got it." Okay. You know,
2: I take my hat off. I mean, I'm the like, hat
1: thing—I got. Yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah. a traditional. There's actually a one restaurant watering hole here in Richmond that won't serve you if you wear your hat. Really? Inside, yeah. I won't mention it by now. I'll tell you during the break. Wow!
2: Please do. I would but like I, to hear about that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I, remember, I I haven't been back. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was thinking in high school, you know, you when you went to class, you can't, you had to yes, take off your hat. Yes, agreed. But then when you got into college, it was like every, you know, you're on your own, so you could wear your hat. Yep. And I was like, oh wow, this is cool. I can wear my hats now. And then act- the
1: other one was wearing it backwards. Yep. Like when that fad first started, there were uh, Jim Reed was a mm-hmm. big time disciplinary at Richmond. He would not let his guys wear that hat. They had backwards. to be
2: had to wear. It little had little. To be. Yep. Wow. Yep. Interesting. Yeah.
1: And now that's gone out the oh, window yeah. too. So, but, but the yeah, point of that whole. Thing, you know, is don't poke, don't the bear. poke the bear, Jay. Yeah.
2: Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it because you made it personal. And now Sanders may try to run, you know, four hundred yards. Yep. I was hearing some people, some pundits, talk about, you know, if I'm Deion Sanders, what I do, you know, after you you take care of business, you walk to midfield, you wait for Coach Norvell, you take off your hat, oh, you and know your that's glasses, coming. and then you shake your hand, and then you go. Back.
1: What do you think happens if that happens? Like during their pregame, you know, coaches hang hilarious. out at midfield. It'll be
2: hilarious. That would be Deion one hundred percent. But then he might say, "You know what? I'm gonna still do my thing."
1: I'll bet he does that.
2: That would be hilarious he'll make sure the done. cameras are following oh, him. Of course, of course, of course.
1: And when they meet, you know, an hour before hat, the game, and they're glasses, just hanging out and
2: shake his hand and that. laugh. And he'll laugh. I think hilarious. there'll be a laugh there. Yeah, it'll be hilarious. That
1: might be the best thing for Coach Norvell. Actually, mm-hmm. that would break the ice, the tension a little bit. Mm-hmm unintentionally by Dion, because you know he wants it now right he wants that oh, he chip made, yeah. on his players oh, shoulders now. yeah although they're prohibitive favorites 23 anyway 23 point favorite yeah 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 but I, I could still see him doing that mm-hmm. and both of them sharing a laugh and a little hug and then I think that actually helps Colorado State oh yeah because otherwise you're right he, he shouldn't have done that
2: yeah because he's already he's I mean the the speech the pregame speech that Dion has given his team that's already on formerly Twitter now X or X whatever um <laughs> He was like, Yeah, I was just, you know, looking at some game film, minding my business. And then I see somebody again talking about Colorado. And he's like, oh, you just made it personal. So that's gonna be the thing now. They have made that's that's their mantra. You've made it personal. Don't make it personal. Wow. And now Norvell has made it personal. Because you ta- now, you've talked about the coach. You put your face with what you said. They have seen it, and now it's it's game on at 10 o'clock prime time on ESPN. Now, he did After win, Dark.
1: now Norvell did win over the audience that he was speaking to, right? Wasn't that his coach's show? That was his coach's show. So it show. sounded like it was in a and restaurant And he gave him credit something. first.
2: You know, he was saying that he gave him credit right, first. Right, don't but take it out
1: of context. Right,
2: but then he said and I, and I like the word, he put that butt in there because it erased every compliment he gave him prior to that. He was like, but you know, I do this because my mama taught me. I'm and like, the crowd
1: there cheered, right? Course. In the restaurant, yes. you know, his friendly. And,
2: and, the, and the host. The host of yeah. uh, the show. Yeah, the play-by-play the, guy? Yeah. He did I the applause, get in on this. this. He did that. I'm like, I oh, like it. no, don't do it. Don't do it.
1: So uh, Coach Huesman had a funny one today, actually, at his radio. She had Uh-oh. nothing along those lines. I was telling you in the hallway when we were coming into the – into the studio. So I guess Tuesday was a really bad practice for oh, the Spiders. Oh, okay. And you heard him talk about it Wednesday mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. at the media day. But this came on the heels of Russ's proclamation of the season starts now, sense of urgency, mm-hmm. zero yeah, and then they go out and lay an egg and practice mm-hmm. on Tuesday. apparently he got after him. Mm. I mean at the end of as coaches are wont to do. Yes. There's probably not a coach in America that hasn't done that mm-hmm. yet this season, let alone mm-hmm. once a year, twice whatever. So apparently he really got after him. So on the coach's show today we had Aaron Banks, uh the 6th year senior grad student is playing great, had the picks uh scoop and score yeah. against Michigan State and we're talking about that sense of urgency thing yeah. and and being re- focused and proud and he's hemming and hawing. You know, <laughs> just he's like cuz he knew what happened to him. He's like, "Should I be saying this? Should I not?" And, and he kind of danced off and and Russ just like hit him on the arm and said, just tell them. Tell them. Tuesday's practice was terrible, and I lit you guys up. And Aaron Banks' brag said to this, smile like you're doing right. Well, coach, I didn't know if I was supposed to say that. And Coach Hughes was like, no, I'm honest. I'm honest with this group and on this show. I'm telling it like it was. You guys were bad Tuesday, and I'll tell you this, you came back out Wednesday, and that was a heck of a practice. Okay. So. All right. anyway, and he was on. when he was, spoke to us Wednesday. And you know what's funny is uh, I was listening to Matt's interview with Kurt Signetti. I mm-hmm. remember they're coming in off of the high mm-hmm. of UVA, mm-hmm. and now they get a big-time game at at in Troy. Conference. And apparently the same thing happened. He told Matt, he said Tuesday was horrible. Mm-hmm. Tuesday was maybe our worst practice of the year. And now we came back and had a good practice Wednesday. Now, I don't know if Signetti is the yelling and screaming type or how he gets his – Message across, but I I will guarantee you he had some stern message for his team too.
2: Had to I mean, like you said, the emotional high. You had Sunday off. Yeah, Monday was probably more of a lift or mental type day. So you're on the field for the first time since the win. Maybe they, you know some might still be reading their press clippings. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know we're yep. you know we we're the team of the, we're the team of the Commonwealth. You know we're undefeated. We took down UVA flagship, at, you know, program. With flagship <laughs> program. We took down UVA and then they lay an egg. And Kirk, you know Signetti's probably saying, "Look, you know you ain't done nothing yet. You know conference play now starts. You know this is our season. You know that that's a good win against a Power Five program, but that ain't gonna do nothing for us." if we don't take care of the champs. These are the defending conference champs. This is the team we should have played, and that could be the chip on their shoulder. We should have played these guys in the conference title game to get the bid. Now we get this chance. Could be a preview Mm -hmm. of the title game this year. We get a chance at their place. So that that could be something that hopefully he might have said that. If you're a James Madison fan, you want that opportunity, or you would hope he did say that to keep that to keep it up to keep that energy up because it's it's natural to have that emotional high then come back low but that's the wrong team to have that low against the defending champs.
1: He said he's actually spent more time in the summer and now into the season on Troy than he did on Virginia. Like his personal prep like watching mm-hmm. tape, you know, the coaches obviously divvy it up mm-hmm. so theirs doesn't change much, mm-hmm. but the head coach can pretty much mm-hmm. you know pick and choose what tapes he wants to watch and when. I, he said, I've spent more time on Troy than I did on UVA. That's how important this is. I can this week see that is.
2: because they are, they are the team. They are the defending champs. To get to where you want to be, which is a bowl game, you wanted that chance last year. You couldn't get it you know, because of the NCAA rule. You'll get your first – this is your first step. This is the first part of the foundation. You go to their place Saturday to kind of see where you stack up in the Sun Belt because you're – what? They're, they're preseason division favorites, Yep. so is Troy. Let's see what we can do on the field against them. Well, this is the championship game because they're still ineligible this year. They're, oh, for they're for not, the Bulls, okay. Yeah, they're
1: not eligible game they're this el- year. But they're eligible
2: for? Uh, nope,
1: they're not. Wow. They can't win a conference championship and they can't go to a bowl game. So this is with it. The, with the very small caveat on the bowl game, if there aren't enough six-win oh, teams right, okay. to fill all the bowl slots, they would... then the bowls could potentially go to JMU, so they're rooting for a lot of mediocre teams, yes. A lot of five and yes. seven teams is, yes. what, is what JMU's rooting for. So, right this, there.
2: so you're right, this is this is their this is their championship game.
1: This could be this, and, and they're in a, a, a horrendous stretch here. Like, they got to go out to Utah State next week.
2: I saw that. Uh, I
1: mm. don't think Utah State's all that good. But you still you got to go all the way out yeah. there, yeah. And then you come home that fourth week. I want to say Marshall, maybe. Mm. So at home. right after but, they but play yeah. Tech, and and right out, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. I'll look at JMU schedule and and find out. But this oh, is a this is they a go hal- to Utah last year. This is a step, uh, stretch for JMU. Was it last year they went out there? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up actually.
2: I thought they went out to somewhere weird on the west, west coast or mountain. I, I thought it was Utah State or some, somewhere like that. I have to double check. Uh, we get
1: our resident experts on the line when yes. we start doing that. Let's get to one of them. Mark Espo, help us out here. How are you?
3: Weber State. Weber, Weber State, State. That's right. the one.
1: That's the one. It was that's Utah. I mean. It was Utah. I got it.
3: Yep. Yep. <laughs> You, you had the state, right? I had the you state, right. You had the direction, right? Yes. There you
1: go. Yes. It's South Alabama, it's just, by the way, in the fourth game okay. that they've got. South okay. Alabama. Yeah, right. right. Conference game. Conference game. Yep. Yeah,
3: that's not a walkover game either. No. Nope. Hey, uh, did, did Coach Signetti give you any insight into that lovely fourth and short play on his own 20?
1: Uh, you know, Matt did the interview with him today, and I heard most uh, of yeah, it, but right. not all of it. So I don't know if he asked about that particular play. I don't know.
3: Well, we can't fuss at him cuz he obviously he got the 1982 team somehow into the locker room after the the uh, rain break. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the same team I saw for 3 quarters.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, he flat out admitted that too, I suppose. Like that that break really helped us. Hurt them and helped us. Sure. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah. I, you can't blame Virginia. They did the right thing. They were winning. They shouldn't have made a lot of changes. They did exactly what right? I would have done. Yeah. Just stay the course, fellas. We're yep. doing good.
1: Yeah. Yep. Two yep. impressive yep. drives I there, suppose. Two eighty-yard drives like that in the fourth quarter—that's no question. That's big time right there.
3: We got got a couple of penalties that helped Bob a lot, and you know how that's—you can't plan for that.
1: Right, but part Uh, of the game. Part of the game.
3: Right, but I was really impressed with the quarterback
2: from Virginia. That. uh, True freshman play, Calandria,
1: Calandria, yeah, they may have found something. Now, Now they said Musket's starting. He's back healthy. He's starting yeah. Friday night. Elliot but, said
2: uh, he should not have lost. We, we don't want a player to lose his job by injury. That's basically right. the rule. So he's giving Musket an opportunity, but I don't know. you. Uh, I, I don't, don't know. know. You
1: could make the argument that Calandria just won the job. I it really so. didn't matter that the other he, kid was to hurt. To me, he
2: didn't lose the game. I think the defense yeah. lost the game. He put them in a position to win that game uh, last Saturday. Yep.
3: You can tell Wally Pipp about, you know, <laughs> don't lose your yeah.
2: position. <laughs> and
1: I think you guys have found yourself a veteran quarterback there. Yeah. At JMU. I don't know. He didn't look great except All right. in spurts, you know.
3: Yeah. Well, we'll I see. think
1: his experience will help pull you through a lot of games, I think.
3: But I agree. We'll I see. Agree. We'll see. Great show, fellas. I'm enjoying it. Good. Thanks for the uh, JMU, uh, JMU shout out here. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jonathan McNamara is on tomorrow, so you'll have more of it. It's <laughs> well, coming. It's coming. Oh, All yeah, right. Yep. All right. That's yes, both. Thanks, right, but appreciate it. All Thank right. You. Uh, yeah, uh, Jonathan uh, McNamara uh, with the American Red Cross. We will certainly touch on some of the great things that they're doing and the challenges they have with all these uh, natural disasters that we've had. But he really wants to talk some JMU football. He was he was in Scott Stadium on
2: Saturday. Oh, I bet he oh, was. Oh yeah. I bet he was. With a lot
1: of purple and gold.
2: My sister in law was dying to go there because she's a JMU grad, but couldn't go. But I know she is. You know, she was wearing that purple with pride. Uh. Uh, This past week. Yep, for sure. Uh, All right, let's
1: get you going here in the 5 o'clock hour of the Sports Huddle. These are this afternoon's
0: top sports stories.
2: I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories
0: you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Which are brought to you
1: by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. You could save up to 30%. Check him out online at jamesriverair.com. Well, we can ask our 530 guest about the quarterback situation at, at UVA and see if he thinks it should be Calandria or Musket.
2: He uh, would know, right? He, if would, know, coach, he would know, and his opinion matters.
1: Maybe not as much to Tony Elliott, but Jerry Radcliffe's <laughs> opinion matters to us. JerryRadcliffe.com. He's been covering UVA and the ACC for Four decades, Hall of Fame guy, in mm. fact, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So Jerry Radcliffe joins us at the bottom of the hour at 530. 804-327-0888 is our phone number. It's also our text line, 327-0888. I've kind of fallen on one of the things I love to do here in in, in daytime talk radio during the summer, and that's give the real-time baseball scores when we have afternoon games.
2: I was going to say, you know I'm such had, a big fan. I have heard about that. I'm not,
1: I'm not as much of a fan today uh, after the last <laughs> few days of getting beaten up. Uh, the Phillies are off today. You know, the Phillies are off today because the Eagles are playing.
2: Yes, you told me that. They played know, the double on yeah, they play a doubleheader on Monday. doubleheader Monday. For that, yes.
1: So they can be off today. Um, anyway, a couple games have gone final today. The Pirates beat the Nationals 2 to nothing. I know that game doesn't mean a lot, but since the Nats are local, um, figured I'd throw that in there. Uh Tigers beat the Reds. That one is important in the National League Wild card mm-hmm. race. So thank you Tigers. Appreciate that. Uh, I got to go to a Tigers game this past weekend. Did I mention yes, that? Yes,
2: you did. You said you um Sunday. I, I went yes, Sunday. Yes, so you went Sunday and I heard part of the show Which day? Monday, Monday or Tuesday? Monday or Tuesday. Might have uh, been Tuesday. Tuesday we weren't on Monday cuz yeah. the Braves had the doubleheader. Yeah, Tuesday. And you were talking about um
1: Comerica Park.
2: Comerica Park and you enjoying the sights of Comerica Park and everything like that and how that is in the in the cluster of downtown what are arenas. What is it? Little Caesars is now arena arena for the Red Wings. Yeah, and then you have and Ford the Pistons fi- too, and the Pistons right? Pistons are playing in there too. I think so. Okay, and then you got. I thought field. about that
1: after I said it. They're
2: not. I, they're not
1: still way out there. No, no, no. no. They
2: tore down. They tore down. Um, the
1: Palace. The Auburn Palace of Hills. Hills. Yes. yes,
2: I've been. there. I was there once. Really? Was I did an NCAA game or I was something. NCAA game. Yep. Huh? Uh, I went to the Palace of Auburn Hills. Yeah, I don't. Think I have video to prove that.
1: We drove through Auburn Hills on our way to Detroit okay. for the game. But it is cool. Ford Field and Comerica are literally one street apart. Like, That's nice. Like I don't think they could both be, have home games at the same time. It would be impossible. Oh, it would be a murder. This was just a pretty quiet Sunday afternoon in downtown Detroit, so. Um, all right, I'll tell you what, hang on, Reggie, hang on. <laughs> We're coming, you'll, you'll hang on, it'll be worth it. We'll get the break done real quick. Tigers beat the Reds 8-2, Pirates over the Nationals 2-0. Um, Brewers lead the Marlins, that's a, a huge wild card in division game there, 3-2. Milwaukee in the middle of the sixth, and the Red Sox lead lead, lead the Yankees. Mm. Now I feel like they've played about 18 times at least. At I least. feel like every time I'm looking up. They the Yankees play. are playing the Red and Sox. And it'll
2: be primetime games, too. At least
1: today it's not. It's a day game. It must oh, okay. be. oh, it's a doubleheader. So the, the night game could still be of course. on TV somewhere. <laughs> yes. Red Sox are up 2-0, bottom of the seventh in the uh, first of the doubleheader. In fact, I think they've played a couple doubleheaders this week. They must have had some rainouts mm-hmm. um, during the course of the season. All right, there's your day baseball. Reggie, hang on. You're coming up right after the break with Sean Robertson, your guy from CBS 6, making it a feel-good Thursday on the Sports Idol.
0: As Blink 182 once eloquently stated, work sucks. I know. Well, we too know that work sucks. And while we may not have roses by the stairs, we do have podcasts of all our shows and interviews available at espnrichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Just search ESPN <laughs> All right,
1: we've hit on a couple topics today because the phone lines are actually lighting up. We yes! love this. Yes. Well, Sean Sean lit it up for the first call, or after that, you know, I think, I it, was, know about I that. think it was our topics of conversation. <laughs> so let's roll on them. Line one, hit it, Lois. Reggie, you're up.
3: Well, gentlemen, ask the Wall of Famer
4: about a future soccer starters in his family. I say, that's the next Pele right there.
1: What do you think, Sean? <laughs> Did Tucker score a goal or something? He what did. happened? He did. Or a hat trick? Did he have a hat trick? He did have a hat trick. He had a hat
2: trick. He had a hat trick. They had a, <laughs> a game type scrimmage. Saturday was in front of the. It was it's in front of the field at Thomasdale. You seen Thomasdale High School? They have like this large soccer field in front of it, and so it was his first ever soccer match. Wow. Ever ever played soccer in his life? That was his first game. Scored three goals for his team. He did score a goal for us. Did an own goal. Oh, so he had four, but three counted. So he had it. He had his That's hat classic. trick. And I showed the I put it on. I put it on Facebook. The first one nice. he scored. So yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I did. I wasn't that parent. I had the camera on, and I was you know. I just asked him, "Don't pick up the ball." You know, soccer. You got to use your feet and everything like that. <laughs> he didn't want to come out of the game, so I had to calm him down with that. And as soon as one of the kids didn't want to play, he ran out right of the field. Right back at Cook Coach for said, him. Coach said, "Cocker, you want to play?" Yes, yeah, and he got him in there. there.
1: I, I like it. I like it. Like no, it. That Good that was, shout out, Reggie. Good shout out. That was a cool. Out. Proud, appreciate proud that, Papa over here. I appreciate here. that. Love it.
3: Hey, that's it, gentlemen. Keep it, I had to get Sean to get some love to the to the family. Well done. Good job.
1: Well done. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Thanks, Reg. Uh, Let me get one more in here before we get the break and Jerry Radcliffe coming up at 5.30. Thank you, Reggie. Uh, Lewis, let's quickly go to line two. Roger, you're up on the sports title. Hello, Roger.
3: Hey, good evening. How's everybody?
1: We're great. Good, Roger. Thanks for calling.
3: All right. Oh, no problem. I have a question for you. A lot of analysts have really have written off the jet because of the injury to Aaron Rodgers. But I really believe that if Aaron Rodgers can be on the sideline to help Zach Wilson, I think the Jets will be just fine and will be a playoff team. Do you agree?
1: Uh, I think their defense is good enough to keep them in most games. So from that perspective, I would agree. The Zach Wilson factor, it's such a – such a devastating blow offensively. They got to get Sean. a backup. They got to get a. Yeah, they gotta get a veteran, a veteran backup. backup.
2: Similar, you know. You, you you think I'm doing this on purpose because of Washington, but that's what they did. They didn't want to get a backup to really compete with how they wanted that veteran presence. So they brought in Jacoby mm-hmm. Pre- Brissett. In my opinion, that's why they brought him. They need somebody like Jacoby in New York, a guy that that's not going to ruffle feathers, that's not going to make Zach look over his shoulder if he makes a mistake to be a veteran presence on the sideline to help him out, to guide him through if and when he makes a mistake. It's going to be a while, I think, before Rodgers is on the sideline after the surgery. I don't think it's going to be immediate. Mm-hmm. Um, so they need to get a veteran. I don't know if they need to get Flacco because uh, he I was with the team last year just because he knows the system and he can help Zach out. And they were there last year. I've seen Jameis Winston's name, um, other, other names that I don't think well, would Wentz fit. is out there. Wentz, nah, Nick we,
1: Foles is out there. See, Roger, see, Roger, Roger, what do you think? Huh? You think the Jets are going to win a lot of 10-7 to 7 games, or what do you think?
3: Again, I think their defense is good enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And as I said earlier um, this week when I called, the Jets played a team game, and one player do not win an NFL football game. So if the, if the Jets can continue to play as a team and the running game can just do something, I think the Jets would be just fine, personally. And, and another thing is that all of the hoopla that Zach Wilson was receiving when he came out of college, what happened after two years?
1: Not much. No, not much at all.
3: Right, so you didn't give him the proper time to mature possibly. in the NFL game.
1: Yep, possibly. I mean, I think he'll do a little better than most of the naysayers are saying, but at some point he's going to have to make some plays, and that's when we'll see what that That's when you know rubber hits the road.
2: I think the issue, when you draft a player that high, which they did, mm-hmm. you're expecting him... To be that to be that franchise quarterback pretty quickly too. You're not you don't have that window where okay we're gonna give you a year mm-hmm. we're gonna give you two years if you're drafted that high first or second overall, they're expecting you to take the keys and be your be the franchise quarterback immediately. And at that particular point, he showed he was not that guy. Now you get Rodgers in. Hopefully, he asked a lot of questions during training camp when hard knocks cameras were off and he picked Rodgers' brain to get a lot more information. You got two good backs. You got Brees and you got Dalvin Cook, a 1000-yard rusher from Minnesota. Lean on those guys. Hopefully that offensive line with the two bookends from you from uh from the 804 and Beckton and Brown can can be healthy and block well and rely on that defense. You can win 17-14, 20-17, 14-10. The blueprint was there on Monday night. Now, you're not going to get four, in a, four turnovers every week, but if you can win those close games, you're going to give that quarterback some confidence that they can they can do some things. But, like Bob said, there's going to be a moment or two or three where he's going to have to win a game. And that's going to be the question. Can he put that on his shoulders and do that two or three times this season for the Jets? But I think you're
3: absolutely correct, but the key, as you said, is going to be that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if the offensive line can't block, <laughs>
1: don't matter who's back it won't there. Don't matter who they—they no. they could have <laughs> Tom Brady back there. Don't and it matter. Wouldn't matter. Yeah. Don't <laughs> matter. Right. So, right. you are you actually a Jets fan, or are you just kind of looking at this no. from big picture? No,
3: I am a diehard Washington Redskins right. slash Commander fan. Amen. Amen, I'm Roger. Just, I'm just really kind of upset that you really have written off Jack Wilson Mm -hmm. and you really didn't give him the proper time. I'll bet
1: they're not in that locker room. I'll bet they're not. We'll see how they come out. All right, Roger, thanks. Great question. Great question. Great, question. Great conversation, too. Uh, all right, let's get the break in here. We'll keep an eye on the Jets moving forward, and I, mm-hmm. I actually don't mind the Jets. I mean, the Joe Douglas factor up there, local guy. Richmond from, guy. Richmond yep. guy and local guy from uh, what Davis, was right? called what was well, called yeah. Lee Davis.
2: It's now Mechanics Mechanicsville right. yes. High School, yes. right.
1: But yes. he played there when it was Lee Davis. So, running running the show up there. He's gotten rave reviews for the moves he's made. It's no just question. Injuries of, of, you know, some of them haven't worked out He went out and injuries. got
2: those pieces yeah. that Rogers needed and Rogers wanted. He did what he can do. Yep. He couldn't foresee what nope. took place Monday night. That's for sure.
1: Jerry Radcliffe joins us next. We'll talk some more Virginia football. He's straight ahead on the sports title. Thanks for locking in with us on
0: 1061 ESPN. The Braves have officially wrapped up the NL East, but the hunt for October never rests. Until October. Catch the conclusion of the 2023 regular season here on your home for the Braves. 1061 ESPN Richmond. We're on the.
1: Just past the bottom of the hour, back on the sports huddle. Sean Robertson from CBS 6, co co-hosted on this Thursday afternoon. Bob Black with you. Take you up till 6 o'clock tonight, 1061 ESPN. The sports huddle continues. More college football talk continuing. Let's talk some UVA football this segment coming off of the Heartbreaker against James Madison at Scott Stadium on Saturday and then looking ahead to the Friday night game at old ACC rival, now of the Big Ten, the Maryland Terrapins. Talk about all of that with Jerry Ratcliffe from jerryratcliffe.com, the Hall of Famer. He's been covering those Virginia Cavaliers for a long, long time. May have never seen quite a game like he saw Saturday at Scott Stadium. Hello, Jerry. How are you? Doing great, Bob. How are you? Doing fine. So there was so much that went into that game Saturday that might have made it a unique experience, even for a veteran such as yourself. So much of the talk that we've had this week, Jerry, centered around the delay and how much that helped uh, James Madison in that instance to come back from the 11-point deficit, to have the two 80-yard drives and the defensive stop in between there. Are you, do you buy into that? Do you think that delay you know, hurt Virginia that much that it really was a springboard for JMU?
4: I really do, Bob, and, you know, if you listen to Kurt Signetti, the JMU coach, he, he thought that the delay would help them, and, and they definitely used it to their advantage. I know that not only did they address X's and O's and make some adjustments that they felt would help them win the game, but he also worked on them psychologically and and, and said, hey, look, you know, this was simple. You go out and you score a touchdown. You stop them and you score another touchdown and you win. And, and obviously, it wasn't quite that simple. But <laughs> they uh, they they came out of the locker room fired up and determined and and played their butts off. Virginia just seemed flat when they came out, and I, uh, it's inexplicable to me how you could because you know had it not been for the storm delay, I think Virginia would have cruised the victory. It might have, might have even blown, blown them out because they had scored 21 straight points and had JMU on their heels. So I don't think Virginia did a, a very good job addressing the situation. And even Tony Elliott told us Tuesday that he felt like he didn't do a good job coming out of the, the long hour-long break. So uh, that just kind of confirmed what most of us thought to begin with.
2: Hey, Jerry, this is Sean at CBS 6. Hope you well. Hey, Sean. Good, good. Hey, um, I want to get your thoughts about what Coach Elliott said about the quarterback situation. Obviously, Musket didn't play. Calandra played, set a, a UVA uh, freshman single-game record for passing yards and said you know, that no player should lose his starting job because of injury. And he said the Musket will start tomorrow night against Maryland. But do you think in this situation, given how well Calandria played, that he should get another chance of being the starting quarterback against Maryland on Friday night.
4: Well, you know, a lot of coaches share that philosophy, Sean. I know George Welsh and Al Groh did. Uh, I think Mike London did. I think Bronco Mendenhall did. That Just because you're injured doesn't mean you lose your starting job. And I I can see that. I, I can see both sides of the argument. And Calandria was fantastic. I'll have to admit, I was skeptical about him coming into the season and even going into last week's game. I didn't know if he could handle the moment, but man, he delivered in with flying colors. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up, I, there's only been 15 other single game passing performances in UVA history that were better than what he put together wow. last Saturday wow. as a true hmm. freshman in, in his first start. Uh, so I can see both sides of the argument. I I think, you know, Muskett deserves the opportunity to go out and prove that that he's the guy. I mean, he, he proved it in training camp, although Calandria pushed him the whole August. But I, yeah, I can see their philosophy on, you know, he, he's earned the starting job just because he got hurt doesn't mean he shouldn't start again. This is not the NFL, it's college football. I, I think, though, that he should be put on a very short leash, mm-hmm. and if he can't move the chains in the first quarter or maybe the first quarter and a half, then they've got to make a switch because the other kid is fearless. He's shown he can make the big play and exploit defenses with his arm. I, I don't I don't see how you keep a guy like that on the sidelines if, if the ball's not moving, and that's something that Musket. Didn't do it against Tennessee. Now, I know there's a difference between mm-hmm. Tennessee and JMU, but still, uh, if you're not moving the, the football, you just can't afford to sit there and, and uh, put your defense under that kind of pressure all day. And
2: yeah. I was going to rephrase the question. I was going to say, does that mean the lease is shorter? And you answered that. He was feeling that the lease should be shorter mm-hmm. from Musket if he doesn't do that.
4: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, and uh, and I I don't think they'll hesitate if if that's the case. I could be wrong, but they, if they do, they're they're making a mistake because you can't you just can't let a guy who can't move the football stay in the whole game. Mm-hmm. It just, just it doesn't work that way.
1: I was waiting for you to use that short leash yeah. phrase because I think it's definitely that's got to be paramount. Because I'm an outsider looking in, Jerry, and I, I, most of the time I'm a believer in that you shouldn't lose your job because of an injury. But in this case, I think you and you did. You can make a pretty good argument that Anthony Calandria won the job with that record setting performance and I think I'd have him under center at the start of the game tomorrow night to be honest with you.
4: It's awfully hard it's awfully hard to keep him on the sideline I'm telling you I I really like the kid and uh, Mm -hmm. the moment was not too big for him he was I I mean this kid is fearless Yeah. They use the word moxie. I I
1: think it goes beyond that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Again, all towards the argument of let's get him on the field sooner rather than later. Hey, this could have been – I mean, it was still an emotional day. It was still a a heartwarming and heartbreaking day. Um, Mike Collins, Jerry, I mean, you had to feel good for him to score two touchdowns in his return to, to Scott Stadium Saturday.
4: Absolutely. He was like a bull in the China shop every time he got the ball down inside the 10-yard line. Um, he was not going to be denied uh, on either of those touchdown runs. One was from nine yards. I think one was from four. And it was not like he pranced into the end zone untouched. He bowled his way over people vaulted over some others. and. He ran like a man possessed and, and perhaps he was. Maybe he was playing for more than just himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he wasn't able to do that out in the middle of the field, but certainly down around the end and end, he, he was unstoppable. And I, Yeah, you had to feel great for him because uh, Lord only knows all the emotions running through his mind pregame and during that game. And I'm sure he was able to wake up the next morning looking himself in the mirror and, and, and knowing that he did all he could not only for himself but for uh, those three teammates that, that didn't make it. So uh, everybody has to feel good for Mike Hollins.
2: Mm-hmm. No question. No question. Hey, Jerry, I, I want to ask this about the state of the program. You know, we, we talked about it before you came on. The next two games on Friday night, primetime games, they go to Maryland tomorrow, obviously, and then the big one. Brendan Armstrong's first trip to Charlottesville as a Wolfpack. This this season can go in a free fall if they happen to lose these next two games to be zero and four. Where do you see the state of the program right now before the game against Maryland?
4: Well, at this, you know, if you'd asked me this two weeks ago, I, I would have figured that they were probably going to be right here where they are at this moment. Hmm. They, I, I thought that they would lose a lopsided game at Tennessee. I thought they would play JMU into the fourth quarter and might have a chance to win because we weren't sure about JMU's quarterback and, mm-hmm. and, and what kind of emotions might help Virginia this past Saturday. They actually should have won the game. I don't think they have a lot of excuses for losing because they were in control, had all the momentum on their side, and blew it. Uh, Part of that's not knowing how to win, and it's something that teams have to learn. And and this team at this point just doesn't know. Maybe they made some strides Saturday that can help them tomorrow night up in College Park. We'll have to wait and see. But they're a two-touchdown underdog. To a team that's two and zero and playing at home, although Maryland really hasn't played anybody, they beat Towson and Charlotte, so we don't know how good the Terps really are. But uh, they're not a fourteen point favorite for nothing. Um, uh, you're right. I mean, this thing. Uh, I uh, most people would have thought that the best Virginia could be after the NC State game would be one and three. Most people figured zero and four because. Um you know, they were uh, definitely a touchdown underdog to JMU. Mm-hmm. So um I mean the program is in a ultra rebuilding stage, there's no question about it. Um you know, things could go sideways in a hurry. I, they they'll they'll have a chance at Maryland, I think. I think they can probably play with Maryland. And NC State hasn't exactly blown people away they uh they didn't look very good last week and from what i understand brendan armstrong is really struggling i know he threw three interceptions against notre dame so uh it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next two weeks i think we'll know a whole lot more about virginia football at the end of that span than we do right now um Certainly Armstrong and Robert and I are going to come in here with a vengeance and mm-hmm. want to prove that that uh, Virginia made huge mistakes by letting either one of them get away. Virginia's going to be trying to prove that <laughs> they were right mm-hmm. uh, so it, I don't know I, you know then they they go to Boston College, which is struggling as well, so I'm not saying I expect them to win either of the next two games, but i I think that they could be competitive in both games, and I think right now, if you're a Virginia fan, that's that's about the most you can ask for.
1: Hmm. How, um, uh, how impactful is this game Friday night? I think for you and me and Sean, a lot of people in our biz that have been around a while, you know, it's Maryland and Virginia. It's an old ACC game. It's been, what, 10 years, I think, mm-hmm. since Maryland departed. You know, what's the perspective, do you think, of the Virginia players coming into this game against Maryland, Jerry?
4: Well, I think it's been so long, Bob. I I don't Mm -hmm. think that the rivalry factor is is Mm -hmm. even in play here, at least not on the Virginia side. I I can't speak for Maryland, but um, I I don't think these guys have any kind of feelings or emotions toward Maryland at all, any more than they did against Tennessee or Mm -hmm. or JMU, Mm -hmm. who were also new opponents. But uh, I I don't think that's going to be a factor in the game. I I think these guys are just hungry and want to prove that they can – win a game and play football and be competitive. But they've got so many issues that they have to resolve from within before. Uh, I think that should be preoccupying their thoughts and their plans right now because, uh, you know, we thought this defense was going to be the strength of the team, something they could rely on the first few games of the season with eight starters returning, but it's been just the opposite They're They've been atrocious at at times, and they rank um, number uh, 123 against the run, which is is not very good. They're giving Mm -hmm. up 227 yards a game. That was one of their strengths last year. They're number 116 in the country in total defense. Um, They've given up too many explosive plays passing, which they hardly did at all last year. Uh, J.M.U.'s winning touchdown, Bob and Sean, last week. The guy was wide open in the end zone. There was nobody anywhere close to him to even try to make a play. And their tackling has been shoddy. They've struggled in the red zone. They've struggled um, getting off the field on third down. So they've got so many issues right now that they have to address. That's what they should be focusing on
1: instead Mm -hmm.
4: of worrying about you know how they stack up against Maryland yeah. because if they if they can't get themselves right between now and tomorrow night, it's not going to matter.
1: Right, um, absolutely.
4: And and offensively, uh, the offensive line has struggled mightily. Uh, they they rank uh, next to last in all of college football, mm. and tackles for loss. They've been tackled behind a lot of scrimmage 21 times in two games. Oof. And they've allowed eight sacks. And and they're averaging only 56 yards a game rushing. You, it's, it's hard to beat anybody right. with those mm-hmm. kind of numbers. Mm-hmm. And yet, yet they still should have beaten JMU.
1: So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: if they can get some of these things cleaned up, I think they can be competitive in games. I just don't know if they're far enough along to win.
1: We'll be watching 7 o'clock tomorrow night, Virginia at Maryland. Jerry, as always, a pleasure to chat with you. Great perspective on the Cavaliers. Look forward to catching up with you again before too long, all right?
4: Love being with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. We'll see you soon. Love
1: Thanks, it. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry Radcliffe. He knows his Virginia football and basketball when oh, we get to basketball oh, yeah. season as well. Games on FS1 tomorrow night, by the way, if you want to tune in. Virginia and Maryland at 7 o'clock. Last segment of the Sports Auto for a feel-good Thursday, next on 1061 ESPN.
0: As they host Delaware State in a battle of arthropods and insects. Catch all the action beginning Saturday afternoon at 3 here on 106.1 ESPN. Your home of the Richmond Spiders in the capital
2: city.
1: Well, you only get one chance to make a good last impression. Very good. And Bruce gets that chance to make the last impression on the (laughs) feel-good Thursday don't ruin it for us, Bruce. It's <laughs> been a feel-good Thursday. No pressure. Good evening, Bruce.
3: Hey, good evening, Bob, Sean, and super producer, Lewis. He is yeah. super producer, Lewis. Yeah.
1: Wearing his Kobe Kobe Bryant, right? Jersey today. The mamba. Yeah, the he's mamba. got it on. He looks good.
3: Mamba, mamba out. Yes, sir. Hey, guys. Um, it's a sun-drenched Thursday. But the drenching ends earlier and earlier.
1: Yeah. Hey. Don't depress me like that, Bruce. I don't <laughs> like ain't that You good all. no more about Bruce. Yeah,
2: He's there not goes the feel good.
3: good. <laughs> hey, guys. My, I, I sort of had a little time when y'all were talking at the top of the hour about the hat and the sunglasses. Yeah. But those of us. Who are follically challenged? You know, we we get an exception there.
1: Thank you. So, we do. I'm keeping the hat on. You're right, Bruce. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you on that one. You're back. It's a feel good Thursday once again. I'm keeping the hat on. You're right.
3: So that's my only take for the day, guys. I will one. tell you, um, and to go way, way, way off subject, uh, you have heard the news that. Many of these NBA guys, Bob was talking about it yesterday. With the you, you need to play now. But many of these guys are coming out, and and I hope they will continue in in support. Uh, you know, this is NBA motto is fantastic, and we have got to do this for the fans. So hopefully, we won't this won't cause an upsurge. But I think guys need to play you know, as many games as they can play. And at a bare minimum, they say 65. I would say 70. Mm -hmm.
1: That's my take on that. All right. Good stuff, Bruce. Appreciate it. Good finish. Good finish. Yeah, I did talk about it a lot. The 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 guideline. And I really think just the threat that they're – it's so detailed, too. Oh, yeah. Like, lawyers definitely put this one together Mm -hmm. because it really picks to the detail. But I just think the NBA players are going to live up to the spirit of the law oh, in
2: this so. case. We shouldn't I really have do. We shouldn't,
1: even- we shouldn't have yeah. had it. I compared it to outlawing the defensive shift in right. baseball. The players should have taken care of that themselves Absolutely. with bunt singles and hits the left field, and we wouldn't need another rule mm-hmm. in baseball. I, same thing with this in the NBA. We
2: shouldn't have to be at a point where we're forcing these guys mm-hmm. to play games for the amount of money that they're making. I mean, if you're going to take time off, and I've, heard this, and I've heard this before, and I'm in totally agreement – in a situation where you're going to a city once a year, like if I'm, let's say, Jimmy Butler in Miami, and I'm going on a West Coast swing once, play all of those games for the West Coast Absolutely. teams because you're going to have a lot of those, a lot of those fans probably wanting One to time. see you. Yep. Take the time off for the home games. At you home. get forty-one of those. Yep. You could take two or three of games because they're going to come back and see you for the t- for the people in Utah, L.A., Portland, Sacramento. They get one time to see you in person. Do it play it for them. If not for anybody else, play it for the people that's got to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week to earn the money to come see you play. Do it, do it that way. We shouldn't have to resort to this drastic measure to keep guys on the court to play. Didn't have to do it in the 80s, didn't have to do it in the 90s. Now all of a sudden we gotta make guys earn the money to play games. It's that, ridiculous. That was
1: my point yesterday. You just said it a lot better today. <laughs> Kudos to you. Good feel, good finish, th- Sean. Thank you. Uh, Zach Joaquin from the Richmond Times-Dispatch in the 4 o'clock hour. Jerry Ratcliffe in the 5. Thank you for being our guests. Lewis, super job producing yes, sir, our Mamba. Super, super producer, Lewis, other side of the glass. Sean, thanks. All right, uh, Go get in the chopper. I'm heading to the chopper. Go to the high school games. <laughs> Talk to you tomorrow at 4. Next Sports Huddle, Yes. Just want to thank
3: Honda's steak.